The deal is this. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid, that red dropper Anton Wilson on his wheel. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid, that red dropper Anton Wilson on his wheel. Wheel, 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 wheel. They are pissed. Wheel, 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 wheel. They are pissed. Okay, by the time we finish this, you're all going to be practicing magic. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I are discussing Grant Morrison's new X-Men from 2001. We are finishing up the murder at the mansion arc. Who killed Emma Frost, Gary? Who was it? Well, Zorn. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Surprise. <Yeah. laughs> like, I mean, like, ultimately... Um, sorry. You also, you may notice that in that intro, I said, all right, while Jeremy said, uh, I'm Jeremy Greer. And one of the things that if you're listening a little peek behind the curtain is every other single person I podcast with will be like, are you ready before we start recording? (laughs) But Jeremy doesn't play that shit. So you just kind of have to know when he's ready and he's about to say, I'm Jeremy Greer. We're recording. You're ready. (laughs) We've been been on the fucking phone for 46 minutes, Gary. I'll talk to you more on the phone than I talk to my wife. Like, if you're not fucking ready now, when are you going to be ready? Like, I got to send you a fucking telegram. Dear Gary, stop. Are you ready for your podcast? Stop. (laughs) Wake up the fucking dragon. Uh, (laughs) Jesus. Let's get the shit done already, man. You think I want to talk about X-Men all fucking day? No. (laughs) How places to be. Uh, and I would have edited out the all right anyway, so you just you just fucked yourself That's, even more. <laughs> what, I fucked myself. I, I just, all right, buddy, calm down. It's a <laughs> damn. <clears throat> Getting heated over here. It's gonna be a good uh, one. You want to talk about Landbridge? Yeah, really content. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Landbridge called. He's from the past. Um, yeah. I. How's it going? It's I'm, I'm good, Gary. How are you? <laughs> All right. I'm not having any weird days or anything. <laughs> no, no, I'm tired. We're tired. This is a good energy. Yeah, this is yeah, true. Together. Yeah, we both had we've yeah. both had strange weeks, I think, and and weird yeah, stuff happening. Weird so. weeks. Um, Bad to sleep. catch everybody up, uh, Emma Frost was murdered in the mansion. She, her diamond form was shattered into several hundreds of thousands of pieces. Uh, they have called in the great bishop and his buddy Sage to go figure out who murdered her and he hasn't really discovered anything. We left off with a cliffhanger in the last issue with Sage finding some weird, uh, gooey sacks of flesh hanging in a shed, uh, Wolverine shed, which we're going to find out in, in this issue, which I find it very hilarious for some reason. Um, and then somebody holds a gun to her head and then we're into mm-hmm. issue one forty one. Yeah. Uh, and it starts off with a very powerful bit of, uh, you know, I, I, I did that spoiler in the beginning of this, but when Bishop is running towards Sage on the ground, she is saying the sun in the box, the sun in the box. Yeah. Hit, hit everybody. Uh, you want to talk about the cover? Yeah. Which is a, you want to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause um, like it's the cover it's, of shaft, right? Like that's what we're. It's yeah. It's, it's Bishop being a bad mother. Yeah. 
you know, show so, off. I, well, I, you know, just talking about Bishop. Uh, <laughs> just talking about Lucas Bishop, the mutant god. Damn right. Uh, the uh, so so Sage is in the ground. We thought maybe she'd get shot. She's still talking. She's not shot. Uh, Bishop grabs her, and she's just saying nonsense uh, yes. at this point. Um, it's kind of funny. Like you know, she's Sage. What happened? It's me, Lucas Bishop. Send me a postcard, boyo. She's like, you know, it's a, uh, it's kind of cute. Yeah, and he uses her acupuncture points to reboot her, uh, and she makes a good hunk noise. And uh, yep. which, uh, I guess, I mean, it's two thousand one, so I guess they didn't have SSD drives. Like she's still on that like spinning drive platter kind of stuff. <laughs> so it's literally when your hard drive would start going cluck 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 cluck. Yeah, it's like every time I run Sage, it's too loud. <laughs> like the fan in the back of her the neck. Fan in the back of. Like, just uh this is ice cool like overclocking like a, a water cooled gamer sage bishop, bishop just in the back just trying to sleep it's like god if that was at least consistent i could sleep but it's not it stops every once in a while <laughs> just uh uh this is bishop he's brought to you from the future and this is sage brought to you by alienware and uh, <laughs> uh i miss my falcon northwest sage really that was the that was the pinnacle right there yeah that was a good one it's a good one. Sage does look like she's dressed up like a robot that'd be on the front of a graphics card box. Oh yeah, that bit. is that is Sage's design to a T. Like, what's up with the, these like tattoo tears that she has? Is she Little Wayne? <laughs> like, is that? I, I don't. She didn't have those before. I, I don't. It might be. It's supposed to be like mascara running from her actually crying. Because in some other scenes, I feel like she doesn't have those. Why would you build a computer that cries? It's the dumbest thing ever. I don't know. Why would you give it feelings? They learn to. Yeah. Uh, She says that something happened, but uh, she has lost uh, her memories of the last hour, all of her data. Someone wiped gigabytes of data from her brain. Yeah. Um, And what is something that wipes uh, memory hmm. from like computers? Like what's something like a very strong Hmm. version of you could take into say like a a computer store and fuck up a hard drive with, Hmm. you know, I don't know. Um, they go in to look at these weird gloopy monsters and, uh, Bishop helpfully says that it smells like biology. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Super, super (laughs) good uh, mutant nose you have there. (laughs) Uh, specifically like a tide pool, which I love because that's a very specific smell. Yeah. These uh, are just a bunch of little orphans scary. of causes running around, right? Like that's all. Oh, this totally. Is. That's yeah. what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Love it. You know, uh, but when be, Sage is like, which would you rather fight here, like, one giant orphan of cause or several thousand tiny orphan of causes? <laughs> <laughs> um, foster child of cause. Like it's all the uh, step cousin of cause. Um, <laughs> She says that they shouldn't have come here, that there's there's a rot uh, at Xavier with riots and drugs and all this other stuff. Uh, and they don't really know what this is, but Bishop thinks that they are eggs and uh, he wants to get yeah. back to Professor X. Yeah, the X-Men need to know about this. Um, you know, Sage is complaining about Emma Frost. You know, she can't keep anything simple, even her death. Like everyone gets involved in her latest drama. And Bishop's like, you know, I know you hated her, but we're here investigating the murder. We have a job to do, um, you know. Uh, she says we have to get out of here. We can't stay. We can't stay with these things. Have you found something? And he has found the murder weapon. He found the I murder weapon in a crate of VHS tapes. And oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is Wolverine's yeah. shack. Yeah, I guess that's true. That, where he went that to is, yeah. quote unquote find himself after a lost winter, which is what Professor Xavier will tell us in a few pages. So probably are like a bunch of like 
you know, straight up nudie tapes. This is straight up the, nudie uh, tapes that, I mean, presumably he's either finding these in the forest or leaving them in the forest for the children to find, right? Like that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is canonical woods porn. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> this is um, woods porn. Absolutely. Yeah. Like is Wolverine I, woods porn Santa? Like, is that like, did yeah. he come to Lincoln Johnny, Parish, Johnny Louisiana yeah. and just drop a fucking playboy in the back of my house? <laughs> like did Wolverine do that for me when I was 13? I hope he did. Johnny teenage seed. Oh man. The, um, uh, I, I'm sure I've told this story before on, on podcasts, but uh, in the practice space in Illinois that we used to have with my band days, there's a guy named Lier who was a drummer. Uh, he wasn't in any bands. He just rented the space as a drummer. And uh, two things. One, he had a big crate full of how to drum VHS and under the first layer of how to drum VHSs were just porns. Uh, and then a little TV VCR in the practice space. So like the canonical, you know, just evidence like, oh, this guy's masturbating in our practice space. That's oh, fucking good. Weird. Super good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the the number one, I don't know if you have things like this where there's just something you wish you had saved, like an image. You know, if if, if I had had a, a cell phone with a camera on at the time, because this is the time I owned a dedicated digital camera. I did not have a, a cell phone with a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad had painted him a portrait of him playing the drums and his dad did not really understand drums. So the portrait is like Lear. If Lear was like 12 feet tall, he's in an attic and it's like crowding his ceiling. Like he's just grown like giant man. Hell yeah. And he's got a drum set that is like, you know, taking somebody who's not playing a band or anything and saying, you know, draw a drum set from memory. Like it has two kick drums, like many snares, many hi hats. It's what it was one of the weirdest images I've ever seen of this like weird drum giant. And I really wish I still had it. I wish I had a camera at that point. You know, those, um, those weird death metal bands with like two bass guitars that both have double bass guitars for four bass guitars and like no, no rhythm section and like a drummer with way too many things to beat on. Like it reminds me of that. Like, as you're describing that, that's what I'm picturing in the back of my head. Like the, the the guy in the back of the band with like just so many drums. Basically. Yes. Okay, cool. Very much so. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Bishop has found the murder weapon. Uh, and they are mm-hmm. off to talk to Xavier, who is currently talking to Beast and Beak. And nobody believes Beak in the slightest. Uh, even Xavier is like, I don't even have to be a telepath to tell you that you're lying. Like, did Angel shoot Miss Frost? Like, is you protecting for her? And he's like, no, no, no. You know, I, I just, I just, I didn't want anybody to know that I made Angel pregnant with monster babies. <laughs> yep. Um, and everybody's like, whoa, Angel is pre- pregnant. He starts going on about how, uh, you know, she's half fly the conception period here is like five days, you know, because she's part fly. Um, and he says like, Oh, she said that they would throw us out if they found the babies. Miss Frost would tell, you know, there are monsters and bags of skin hanging. In. It's all my fault. Like he's going through a rough time. Like, I love that line. Yeah. There are monsters and bags yeah. of skin hanging in the shed and it's all my fault. It's such a good yeah, yeah. line. Like it's just good really, from really beak, good. man. Like it's just great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love beak. Um, and Xavier is like, why would we kick you out? Like who told you this? You know, somebody is, is playing on his insecurities to manipulate, you know, both those students. Um, and he's like, well, maybe Miss Frost said it, you know, said that you would expel me. Uh, you know, he's like, well, you're one of our most valuable student valued students. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm valued. Like it's, it's very, like, I love Beak. Beak is very sad. Yeah. Um, Beast is like, well, Angel told Emma she was pregnant. So where's Angel now? Um, and, uh, he's doesn't know, like she took off after the cops showed up, you know, at this point. Yes. Bishop and Sage arrive and say that they have found the murder weapon. Um, and 
basically the murder weapon is custom engineered by experts to fire a diamond capable, a diamond bullet capable of shattering Emma Frost in her diamond form. So like somebody went through an extraordinary amount of effort and like this right here should tell you that it's not the teens who are fooling around in in Wolverine's shed, right? Like they they don't know any design experts that can make a fucking diamond bullet. Like Angel doesn't know anybody that can do that. (laughs) No one knows somebody who can do that. (laughs) I know a guy. I got a diamond doing a lot of words in that. Yeah, diamond bullet guy. I got a diamond bullet guy. <laughs> Everybody in Louisiana has one. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If she says no, right? Like, I mean, if she turns you down on hey. a proposal, you need to, you turn it to a bullet and you she, give it to her father. This is, this is fucking, this is canon. <laughs> like, uh, shooting the father there. The, uh, the shotgun wedding of the South. Uh, so they, they, oh, they talk about the shack. Uh, it says there's some kind of life saves in there. Life, life forms. And uh, Beak's like, you can't go in there. This is what I'm saying. Like, that's 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 private. Um, this is where Xavier says the the shack is Wolverine's porn shack. Um, and Sage is really th- uh, stuck on this. Like, it's Angel who is protecting her larvae, mm-hmm. you know, and Beak does not like this. <laughs> what uh, is this word larvae? larvae. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, I love that uh, so much. Um, they don't know whether these are going to grow up to be monsters or, or whatever, you know, uh, and they're like, we have enough talk. We have to go check this out so yeah. they all head back out to the woods yeah uh we should note that bishop is wearing his ruffled collar still and i kind of dig this mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah of course yes we later on beast is by himself uh still trying to piece emma frost back together when gene arrives and says that it's impossible uh what he's doing and he says well that's never really stopped me before like you know i and i kind of have a bone to pick with you because you made emma extremely upset and it was only because you lost your temper and you should have settled those marriage problems like a long time ago. Like you, this was not your, this is not, this was not, this was kind of your fault uh, that all of this happened. Yeah. Not your best work. Um, she's like, I was busy trying to save the world. It gives him uh, Emma's lips. Again, she, she found. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, can there be more evidence for like, I know we're going in a different direction, but like Jean yeah. has her lips and Emma was cheating yeah. with her husband. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, you, you can imagine Gene just pocketing that as a little souvenir of a vanquished hundred percent. Absolutely. That's yeah, a little, 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 little trophy. You, I don't know yeah. what that like black Phoenix voice sounds, but I bet it sounds something like keep the lips, Gene, keep the lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Phoenix. <laughs> All right. If you say so. Yeah. All um, right. Oh. So they're, they're, they're continuing to talk and uh beast is kind of, po- out loud thinking that uh everyone thinks it's him and of course uh uh she says like well no nobody actually thinks it's you but at the same time you know you were with emma's proteges who are extraordinarily powerful telepaths and they could have made you think that you saw something because i read the ticket clerk's mind and that the play was canceled that night because of a bomb scare and Bishop, you didn't yep. go check out the, the play, dog? <laughs> you, yeah. You've been here for like three days. You didn't go check out to make sure that the play was actually a play? You just took these people's word? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, as we'll find out, this was a, a psyop. You know, this is, we, we're, we're kind of led, this is a red herring. We're led to believe that this is putting Beast under suspicion, mm-hmm. you know, but the, uh, the girls were using Beast. Yeah. At this point. So they have been manipulating him for, for a while is the idea, I think. Um, at the same time though. So one just real quick, like art bone to pick with this is that uh, Phil Jimenez is our artist for these issues. who I really like for these character focused things mm-hmm. um, in general, I feel like he's really good about not making the X-Men like super sexy, 
but this panel of Jean Grey in the bottom is bustier than I've ever seen Jean Grey. <laughs> like, look at this, the, the angle and stuff. This is like oh, that yeah. picture of Captain America with his huge tits. Mm-hmm. It reminds like, me a lot this of This is that. too much. Yeah. yeah. Too much tit in this picture. Like, too, too much tit. The Gary Butterfield yeah. story. <laughs> Hold the tit, yeah, please. It's just, yeah, it's, just, it's just a little bit, like, this is a little too busty for for me it's not even really sexualized it just seems like it'd be a back problem yeah absolutely kind of thing, you know? um the other big piece of information on this page is that emma senses excuse me gene senses emma's consciousness clinging to this body um which yeah. he, which beast has slowly been put together um over to the shed our group kind of arrives and um Zorn is defending Angel and Beak saying that they are not killers and Xavier agrees absolutely but like sometimes people will do terrible things Meanwhile, Sage finds like one of those sacks on the ground and it seems like the babies have hatched and uh, mm-hmm. they find inside the shed Angel with all of her adorable mutant babies. Yeah, I, I love this. I think this is very cute. Me too. Good. You know, she's like the bags burst. It's OK. Check them out. I don't remember what happens here. Oh, to the, the kids? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. Cool. OK. They, they have fly life cycles. They're probably dead within a week. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> you know, they, they came out of Angel's body in five days. Like, I don't think they're going to last very long. They came out as full toddlers. Yeah. So, um, and they are like toddlers with wings. Uh, some of them have fly wings mm-hmm. like uh, Angel does. Some of them have like feathered wings like Beak does. Some of them have Beak faces and some of them have Angel faces. Mm-hmm. Like it looks it's just really and they're just adorable. Like they're just cuties. Yeah, yeah, real cute. It's it's this is a very sweet uh, scene. There's also a little joke uh, as well that we pass where uh, Sage is like, the brood seems to have hatched, and Bishop says, "Please, brood is a loaded word," <laughs> uh, you know, which I like uh, here. Um, so and you know, Beak comes and he sees his kids. You know, in my dreams, I would see an army of monsters all shouting "Father," but look at these. You know, as uh, Angel says, she's going to name him after the Jackson family because there's a bunch of them. Um, it's extremely cute. Yes. You know, uh, B, B comes up. He says, you know, I told them that I was the one who shot Miss Frost protect our secret. I was ready to take the blame, but they're too smart to believe me. Look at the wingspan on this guy. Like, it's very sweet. It's super sweet. Um, like, I love that Beak just immediately is like, these are my kids. Look how adorable and lovely yep. they are. Yep. I love It's very cute. Um, so the gun, you know, there's still a crime to solve, though. So Bishop and Sage are like the gun angel. We know that Barnell had nothing to do with this. Angel's like, you know, you're right. I took that gun. and I shot her. I shot her because she found out something, uh, but I don't know what, uh, which is really important. Yes. Right. Um, you know, and they're like, well, fingerprint analysis confirms it. And Xavier's like, no, 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 no. You held the gun, but you didn't pull the trigger. Did you not really? Um, and then we cut over to the Stepford cuckoos where Esme is trying to leave. Uh, she is telepathically called a taxi. Uh, just another one of those weird send an email with your mind moments. Um, I, yep, yep. I don't, I feel like we've talked about calling a ta- taxi telepathically before. And I, I have raised my umbrage with that. Like, cause I just think it's like, again, how do you connect it to a phone board? And then like later on the taxi that sure. shows up is not going to have a driver, which is uh, yep. obviously a big clue and kind of explains the whole thing. But I just, boy, do I not like the, the line read on that. Um, but yeah, yeah. The I, Stepford- I assume that they just pop into the cabbie's mind instead of the phone. I, I think a phone doesn't ring. I think the cabbie's just like, Oh, I know somebody needs, there's a fair and I'm going to go to the dangerous, scary mutant school full of explosions <laughs> for my $34. I mean, tip. they never say that they like call Jean telepathically though. It's always, I've spoke yeah. to her telepathically. That's why I'm trying to like the call part of that is the weirdest part of the sentence to me is yeah. like the telepathically. I could take and take her leave. It doesn't matter, but yeah. 
Anyway, it's weird. Just just me getting on my yeah. fucking weird horse about this stuff. Um, <laughs> Your very specific high horse. <laughs> um, yeah, she's leaving. The other cuckoos are trying to convince her not to. Uh, this is obviously very suspicious. We cut over to uh, Beast and Jean. Real quick, uh, uh, while while Esme is leaving, we see like more of the <laughs> Omega Skull. <laughs> <laughs> Omega yeah, yeah. Skull graffiti, like again, like just showing one of those in a really nice background way. Like we are still on the on like the on, on, on like just a couple of days from this horrific event that happened at Xavier's. Like everybody has kind of been reeling for the last week or so. Yeah, yeah, things have been very busy. No one has a time to clean up. We have not reset yet. Um, so Jean turns into the Phoenix uh, here, and uh. Beast is like a gene, you know, he's kind of scared. She's like, everyone thinks I'm, you know, I'm in trouble. I'm going to come back as this cosmic destroyer, but it's not like that. I'm in trouble with the rushes, but I'm okay. And I think I can make things right here. I think that I could fuse the diamond molecules together telekinetically um, and put Ember Frost back together. Um, she starts downloading medical knowledge from Beast's brain. Um, and while she's doing this and in uh, Emma Frost thing, she realized she's like, you know, she actually loves him, Hank. Like Emma's in love with my husband. You know, that's almost funny, but she's still a superhero and she still brings her back to life, even though she'd have reason to, you know, to want her to be shattered, as we've mentioned. Yeah. And the last panel is Jean saying, wake up in her Phoenix voice and a cracked but fused together uh, Emma Frost waking up and screaming Esme. Uh, obviously, yep. probably the last person she saw before she was shot um, mm-hmm. outside of the mansion. Uh, Esme, who is dragging her chest down the driveway, uh, is confronted by Bishop, who says, "Hey, we have solved this, and we know who it was, but we don't re- really know why. Uh, so we think that you remote controlled Angela, excuse me, Angel, to do all of this, and that you used the drug kick to boost your telepathic powers." Yep, yep, yep. She also says there's a couple an important thing here. Uh, she says, when you did this, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. You overwhelmed the cuckoos. And when Sophie resisted you, uh, you steered her towards death. You know, the idea that uh, so the the sacrifice in Riot at Xavier's wasn't entirely Sophie's idea. Um, there are a lot of people like subtly manipulating each other psychically here. We'll find out that Esme is being manipulated as well. And Esme has probably been on kick and driving the cuckoos for a while. Yes. Uh, here, as well as drove uh, Beast. You know, uh, made him think about this opera, made him think he spent a night at the opera, etc. Uh, and um, conceivably made all of the girls think they did the same thing, right? Like, yeah, that yeah. could be uh, just co opting their experience as well. Um, yeah. Kick doesn't fuck around, like, is the idea. It's five times as more powerful. So, that is, uh, you know, the uh, I don't want to how much credit to give this, but it makes me think that that number is not a coincidence. You know, if one cuckoo can take over the entire five and you need, you know, it increases your mutant power five times oh, is the figure okay. we're given. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, mm hmm. So, maybe uh, Bishop, Bishop asked her why, uh, like, you know, Miss Frost spoke very highly of you and she and Esme responds like she only loved herself. Uh, she just wanted us to be like her and I'm nothing like her. Um, and Bishop again, like, is like that doesn't really seem like a reason you would kill her. That I mean, like you could change schools, my, my girl. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is happening here? Mm-hmm. And uh, and Esme responds uh, or she and he asks, like, there's something else at play here. Who are you meeting? And she says, oh, if you only knew. But don't worry, you'll all find out soon enough. And then she shuts both Bishop and Sage down um, and just forces them to stand there while she overrides the gate controls and then walks out and a taxi without a driver. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Pulls up and then she drives away. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's really, I love, uh, uh, you know, she says, perhaps we'll meet again in the new world that's coming. So um, 
she drives away the rest of the x-men show up and like and uh, i love this little this line here this little throwaway snap out of it lucas i'm not your father and you're not in trouble uh and she's like well it made me relive the worst day of my childhood which is just like a little, weird little throwaway deal you know detail i really like um you know they check in uh at this point um you know the psychic messing loosened up something inside sage she remembered something from the memory wipe she's like i can sm- you know i was there i can smell the pheromones i can smell the the sweat the gun is pressed against my fifth vertebrae the angle of the muzzle would make my assailant at least six feet two so that means it wasn't actually beaker angel uh who was doing it there must be somebody else and then bishop turns to the camera look at us and say figures where the hell is scott summers uh, dun, dun, setting up dun. the next arc and next issue um what a good issue uh, and what a what, yeah, a, yeah. what a solid arc like i like that we solved the mystery like we know mechanically who who killed emma frost um but we you know we don't really know why like why did esme do this who is she meeting who is she working for and we're not going to know any of that stuff for at least four more issues because the next arc is going to take us away from all of this or like the fate of emma having emma being brought back to life by a, a woman that she presumably hates, right? She has to mm-hmm. hate Jean Grey at this point. Um, and, and whatever, you know, psychic torture that she's endured as she was broken apart into a million pieces, or at least a couple hundred thousand, according to Hank. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, it, it just like, it doesn't solve it, but it tells us what happened. And man, it's such a good, like that, that line of where the hell is Scott Summers is such a great, just set up for the next issue. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Um, and just, again, it gets a little bit confusing. You know, I can understand people who are turned off by this arc or just in general, like this, the twist and stuff, because it is spreading a lot of misinformation around mm-hmm. like the, the answer to who killed, uh, Emma Frost is not strictly as me and it's not strictly angel. It's kind of a coalition, you know, all this stuff is connected and it is all manipulation yes. that is happening, uh, psychic and otherwise. Um, in a way that will come together in about five issues. Yeah. Um, and I love the way which I'm that, excited about like this arc uh, bleeds into the next arc, which is then going to bleed into a totally different thing. And then eventually like the grand twist of this whole run is going to get revealed. And it's a kind of astonishing, not, I guess, pardon the pun on that, but it's kind of astonishing and kind of makes sense. So we'll, uh, yeah. it'll be fun to talk about. I want to, um, we got an email from somebody, um, Josh, who, uh, just wanted to, uh, I'll just read it. Just wanted to let you guys know a neat bit of trivia regarding new X-Men issue 134. The newspaper Quentin Quire has from the day he was born is first seen way back in Uncanny, an Uncanny X-Men number 14 in 1965, which is the first appearance of the Sentinels. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I want, since we're kind of moving away from the Xavier Mansion stuff, I thought that would be a good time to drop that in. Uh, so thank you, Josh. And uh, thank you for the kind words and all of the mean words about Gary that I'm not going to read on air. Oh, I, I don't appreciate that part, Josh. <laughs> How dare you? Um, uh, the other part I do appreciate, though. Yeah. So um, that'll be it for this arc. Uh, we'll be back mm-hmm. in a few days with Assault on Weapon Plus. In the meantime, if you want to support the podcast, patreon.com slash DuckDTV is the place to do so. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you that do that uh, and each and every one of you that is considering doing it. You can also rate and review the podcast on various services. Um, and tell all of your X-Men friends about it to say, Hey, days of future cast. And then walk away. Don't even explain yep. it. Just say days of future cast. And they're going to say days of future past. And you turn around and you say cast and you just no! turn around and walk away. Shut again. up mom. Yeah. yeah. Tell your moms, everybody get your mom to download the podcast. Yeah. Uh, 
a Days of Future cast, a podcast for moms. The podcast for um, all moms. It's the mommy cast. Like we have, we both yeah. have mommy blogs. So yeah, yeah, we both have mommy blobs. Uh, blogs, not mommy blobs. I'm tired. Uh, good night. Good night. It's not even our thing. We don't do that here. Nope, I know. <laughs> it's just, it's just my parachute. I have to stop talking for a little while. <laughs>